You're listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast, your primary source of information related to the hospitality industry in Washington State. have some happy people checking into a hotel and happy people eating at a restaurant here. Um, Let's keep them that way. So today I've grouped our discussion into two types of people. We're going to talk about employees and workers, what our obligations are there. And then we're going to talk about how we're going to handle guests with these relaxed mask mandates. Basically, we have some things that have stayed the same and some things that have changed. So I'm finding the clients that I work with this past week or so have maybe gotten so eager that they forgot to take that breath and take a look at everything. But you all are already on the webinar, so we already know that you've got it covered. And then I kind of pose some questions at the end and hopefully have saved time for questions so that you can ask me what it is that you're worrying about. As I have to give in every presentation over the past year or so, is this content can and will change. It might change tomorrow. I had to make some changes this morning. I don't even know what's going to happen on Sunday. So please keep that in mind when you take a look at these materials. One thing to help you out with that is I've given you some key links. Even if the materials get updated, the links should still work. So you've got labor and industries. Remember, we are employers with workers. So our agency that tells us what to do is going to be labor and industries. We have governor's orders. We have the Department of Health. We got the CDC. You might have remembered we have a federal government too in OSHA, but we always need to look at workplace requirements. There's a great updated guidance about facial coverings that covers both what to do with your workers and talks about guests. That's where some of this material comes from. Department of Health, I gave you one of the landing pages for the FAQs. Every county is different. Every county may or may not have some rules. I just here gave a sample for King County that's got the mass directive FAQs on it. Of course, the association has done a fabulous job working hard to stay on top of everything, read it, and then gel out communications that make sense for your business. So I've given the landing hub here too. And my firm, Fisher Phillips, made a commitment at the beginning of the pandemic to provide a lot of materials for free. So if you go, for example, to our Vaccine Resource Center, you'll see some sample policies like we're going to talk about today. Mandatory vaccine policies, reasonable accommodation forms. I'll give you the link at the end. But if anything, I figured you would log on and get this link. And then maybe it's okay if you have to go back to work, but this will sort of get you the basics and where you can help yourself with materials. First, turning to masks and workers. Okay, hang tight with me. We need to start with the default rule. And the default rule is masks are still required at work for our workers with a big butt and the butts what's new. Let's go to that next slide. What has changed is employers have the choice. It's a choice. It's not a requirement to allow workers to go without masks. But if you're going to do that, there are some rules that the employer has to follow if they're going to relax the mask requirements 
for their workers. We're not talking about guests now. We're talking just about your workers. And this is what was updated. We were waiting for some clarity from the governor as of May 21st. We don't have any guidelines from federal OSHA at this point, but really we kind of don't care here in Washington because our governor, our state labor and industries and our state department of health have given us guidelines. Okay. So if you're going to allow, again, your choice to have your workers not wear masks, you need to verify their vaccination status, period. And you have to be ready to give that proof to labor and industries or the Department of Health who could and might have the right to audit you, come on premises, or gosh, we never know if an employee is going to make a complaint. That's often what triggers these investigations. Here is the Department of Health link. Again, all of these agencies, Department of Health, Labor and Industries, King County Health, and the governor are working together to tell us what to do. And I'm trying to gel this all for you. So this says in a longer way what I just said, employers have to check vaccination status of their employees if they're going to let them go without masks. And enforcement's going to be from primarily from the Department of Labor and Industries. If you don't believe me, I've given you the link here. If we're going to verify vaccine status, Labor and Industries has also told us what acceptable documentation is. So a copy or a photo of your CDC card, I've got one now. I'm happy to share with people I'm vaccinated. I don't mind sharing. Um, That would work. If your healthcare provider signs a letter that says they gave you the vaccination, that would work. You can have employees sign an attestation. That's a legal word for basically saying, I do solemnly swear that I really got the vaccine and I'm not lying about it. The association's working on a sample there to help you out with that. Or the state immunization tracker has some documentation too. That's another place that you could uh, go and provide proof. Now, I think what we're suggesting is maybe have employees sign the attestation and also show their proof at the same time, have a manager sign it. Probably not a bad way to do an all-in-one, but that's actually a little bit overkill with what you have to do, but probably best practice. And remember, Information regarding medical information has to be maintained separately from a personnel file. That's actually not because of HIPAA. A lot of people think it's because of HIPAA. It's because of the Americans with Disabilities Act has rules about what can and can't be in a personnel file. We also don't want to broadcast people's health status to their coworkers or to supervisors who don't have a need to know. Now, I know people, some people might be wearing masks and some people um, are, are wearing masks, um, but that's a little bit different than if we decide to, you know, put a sign up sheet and, and show everybody's names who got vaccinated, not something we can do, or post everybody's vaccine cards on the bulletin board. Again, not something we can do. What also has changed again is the employers must check, decide if they're going to allow employees to go without masks, check employees' vaccine status, get valid uh, proof of that and then maintain some sort of record that proves they checked. So it might just be a file with copies of everybody's vaccine cards that's kept confidential. Could be a log of workers. So I could have a log, people come every day, and I put name, date checked, date vaccinated, and I sign it, that means I checked their card, that would work. Um, The state even suggested that you could have workers tell you what's going on each day as they came to the job site. Ooh, that seems exhausting, but maybe it makes sense for your workforce. 
uh, other methods. And then there's this one that I put a star next to. So labor and industry suggest that you could mark a worker's badge or credential to show that they've been vaccinated. I don't really like that. And my colleagues don't either. And here's why. It might make sense if you have a huge factory, but it probably doesn't make sense if you have a smaller restaurant. And the reason is, is that coworkers are pretty quickly going to see if somebody isn't vaccinated and it might start questions like, do you have a religious objection? Do you suffer from a disability? These are all protected classes that we usually don't want to encourage disparate treatment or making people feel comfortable or not about their vaccine status. So I match, I marked that one with a star so that you could maybe chew on that a little bit. I should have said at the beginning before I started talking that I will try to take questions as I go, but more likely we're going to get to them at the end because I'm going to zoom through the materials. But feel free to put something in the chat now if you need to, and I promise that Lex will remind me to, to get back to the questions. Okay, so now we've just, we are going to make our decision about whether we're going to just require our workers to keep wearing masks. That's fine. Or now we've made a decision, we're going to go ahead and allow vaccinated workers to not wear masks and social distancing, by the way, they go hand in hand. And you're prepared to come up with a method to check for valid proof and keep a record that you did it in case you get audited. Okay, vaccine policies. So now we have even more of a reason maybe we want folks to get vaccinated. Hmm, what are we going to do? Well, we've talked about this before, but let's talk about it again. What hasn't changed is there is still no requirement that our workers get vaccinated, okay? No requirement. So the choice is still, do you want to encourage your employees to get vaccinated? Or maybe you don't even want to say anything about it at all. That's fine. Or do you want to have a mandatory policy? Again, still your choice. So the first thing you need to do is decide if it's going to be mandatory or voluntary. And there's a bunch of considerations with that that you can bet. I'm going to go through on these next slides. The first thing to be thinking about is if you are considering a mandatory policy, you do need to articulate to each other on a piece of paper and an email what's the business reason. So an example of a business reason is we serve the general public. We are care about our employees' health and that health of our guests who dine with us. We're going to allow guests to choose to not wear masks if they wish. We really feel that protect our workers that having a mandatory vaccination policy is better. Maybe you agree with that, maybe you don't, um, but that's an example. Whatever you decide, you need to have a method to communicate with your employees about what you're gonna do. And if this policy is mandatory, we're going to have to worry about the Americans with Disabilities Act and Washington similar law, and also with religious accommodations. Okay, more about that later. But we're going to have to be prepared if somebody says they can't get vaccinated because of a health reason or they have a bona fide religious objection. If you're going to make vaccinations mandatory, now that becomes a condition of work. So we're going to have to pay folks. And if you decide all of that sounds like too much legal wrangling and you don't want to do with it, deal with it, maybe you still want to encourage employees to get vaccinated. So you're thinking about some incentives. So let's go through this a little bit more. Here's a list of the key laws that apply. You can have them handy. It's maybe to let you know more that I know what I'm talking about. But we're talking about everything from safety regula regulations to tax issues and all of that in between. 
I put a question mark with HIPAA because a lot of folks use HIPAA as shorthand for privacy of medical information, but HIPAA actually doesn't apply unless you're a covered health entity like a doctor's office or a hospital. So just keep that in mind. There is no mandate, as we talked about again, we have the EEOC, which is the federal agency that enforces discrimination uh, rules and laws, namely disability, telling us it's also okay to have the mandate. Okay, we at least got some information from a federal agency that says we can tell our employees that they must get vaccinated. And I've given you an article here if you want to think about that more. A question that I get often is, Catherine, what are your clients doing? What do you think businesses are doing? So I thought I'd give you a link here to a flash survey that my firm did. And we've done these throughout the pandemic. Uh, we managed to get uh, 600 responses on this one. So I thought that was pretty good. And we found that most employers, now this is all industries, right? Um, have decided that they are going to encourage their workers to get vaccinated, but not require it. But it was four out of five. I thought that was a pretty high standard. Now, personally, for the industry, I can tell you that I think, um, and by the way, this wouldn't be specific to healthcare workers. I do think that restaurants particularly, um, and some of my hotel clients too, have been thinking through that they actually feel that the vaccine might make more sense for them because they're worried about guest safety and health and they're worried about guest comfort. So one thing is if the guests aren't going to wear masks, then maybe we want to go ahead um, and have our workers get vaccinated. But that's just Catherine's anecdotal evidence. Um, the surveys are, and you can Google this and find some other examples, are saying that most employers are going with a voluntary slash encouraging policy. We already talked about, though, that if you make the decision to have it mandatory, need to articulate why it's job-related and necessary for your business. That's going to matter when it comes to reasonable accommodations. And the reason is, is that we have a duty to provide reasonable accommodations for employees with qualifying disabilities and also for bona fide religious reasons. And once we get into that dialogue about what accommodations are, are optional or not optional, we sometimes get to the end where we realize there's nothing more we can do for this employee other than terminate them. And that's pretty risky, something you should talk to an attorney about before you do. But having that job-related business necessity reason articulated is one of your defenses there. Now, here's a couple questions that I get about uh, talking to employees about vaccination. So again, I've, if it hasn't made sense by now, it should. You can ask if an employee is vaccinated. And in fact, the state of Washington is telling you that you have to if you're going to allow employees to go without masks at work. So we already knew that was fine under the Americans with Disabilities Act. HIPAA doesn't matter. And our only caution is here is that unless the employee is asking for accommodation, we are not going to ask for more medical information other than did you get vaccinated and can you show me proof, period. Having more in-depth discussions about people's health is not something an employer should be requiring. Of course, employees volunteer it. We know that too. But really, it needs to be limited to just this question about vaccination. Again, if an employee refuses to answer the question about being vaccinated or requests an accommodation, you need to be ready. And I have given you kind of a longer article here about how to handle accommodation requests. Hopefully you all are familiar with those. The one thing I wanted to point out is that 
it is hard to push back on accommodations. There's an undue hardship defense. It's the employer's burden to prove. And so you really have to prove that there's nothing that you can do here that will enable the employee to to perform their essential job functions. These gets kind of sticky during the pandemic because, you know, if the answer is, well, we don't want you serving guests unless you've been vaccinated, the answer is going to be, well, they can still wear a mask and socially distance, and maybe that's going to be an accommodation you need to grant. This might be something you need to talk to an attorney to, to weed through. The best way to handle accommodations and keep in mind in our state and several states on the West Coast, just failing to have this discussion with the employee isn't of itself a lawsuit waiting to happen. So you want to document it. Um, I recommend and my firm and my colleagues recommend that you have the employees complete a request form. I've got sample forms on our website for you that you can use, a sample accommodation policy and also the request forms. This will kind of help guide you about whether you need medical information or not, and will also document that the employees made this accommodation request. Now, again, you're not going to get into this if your vaccine policy is just um, voluntary. You might have reasonable accommodations for other things having to do with COVID, but not for the masks. Okay, next question. Well, can I prevent an employee from working if they will not get vaccinated? So the answer is probably yes. But again, I want you to make sure that they don't have a disability or a religious reason. And we've gone through that reasonable accommodation process. But mandatory truly means mandatory. And again, before you terminate somebody, you want to really give it some thought. So I actually divided this up into a second slide, which is, can we fire an employee if they won't get vaccinated? Again, yes, but I've said, be careful. And the reason is I want you to be sure that you've thought about disability and religious accommodation issues. I want to be sure that you've articulated your solid business reason why vaccination is the only option for you. And the EEOC actually gave us some more Q&As that are helpful. They haven't updated them yet, but I wanted you to have this link in case you want to read about it some more. Okay, we're, we're on time. We're trucking through. Lex, I see you're still there, so that's good. Okay. <laughs> Remember I said at the beginning that we need to have this whole mound of various laws and guidances. So we've got governor's proclamation. We've got LNI. We've got a bunch of different things. Sometimes the governor proclaims something and then he gives us a memo and the memo seems really more what we should have paid attention to. So let's go through a couple more of those. So on May 21st, the governor came out with a safe workers proclamation. And based on that, that's why we get this guidance from Department of Health and labor and industries. It says everything I've just talked about, but I also wanted to add a couple things. There is an anti-retaliation provision in this proclamation. So that means you can't fire somebody because they got the vaccine or had to take time off to recover from it. Okay, now I know you're just saying, but Catherine, you just told us we could fire somebody because they couldn't get the vaccine. They wouldn't get the vaccine when we made it mandatory. Yes, I realize that sounds a little bit different, but this is really protecting somebody who decides to go get vaccinated 
I don't know. I don't want to overshare personal stories. I got sick with my second shot and I needed a day off. You know, my firm could have fired me for that. Well, I'm one of the owners from the firm, so I wasn't going to fire myself. But the idea is that you're protected if you need a little bit of time off. Now, of course, we already know we've got Washington paid sick leave too, and you'd be able to use it for that. So you'd have a bunch of rights. An adverse action means anything. You can read the slide at your leisure later if you want to see a list of all the terrible things you could do to your employees. Um, but seriously, the idea here is that you understand that it's not just termination, right? It would be like, well, if you're vaccinated now, we're only going to have you work Mondays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. That could be considered an adverse action. What also hasn't changed is this high-risk worker category. Those proclamations came out a few months ago. That says that folks who fit into the high-risk category to contract COVID as, as defined by the CDC have kind of some extra rights. They have rights that you're supposed to be exploring with them, feasible alternative work arrangements. And if you can't come up with some alternative work arrangement, you're supposed to let them take leave and go on unemployment. You can't terminate them. So you might have a high-risk worker who can't get vaccinated because of their medical issues. And actually, there's really nothing more that we can do for them right now um, that would enable them to come into work. And so that worker may be on uh, continue or go on a period of unemployment. Might be something that you end up with. Again, before you're firing anybody for COVID safety or vaccine-related uh, issues, it's really something to talk to counsel about. Okay, let's stop talking about safety and talk about pay. Remember I said a little bit ago that if we make people get vaccinated, we have to pay them. This is the slides telling you that that's always been the case, and I'm just reminding you of it. One of the tricks that I see here that get clients caught is rather than give everybody a uh, pay, you know, discounted as hours worked when they go stand in the vaccine line, they decide to do some sort of incentive um, which is if you go get vaccinated, we'll give you $500. So there's a reason that that's a problem too, but time worked needs to be paid by the hour and it needs to be recorded for overtime reasons. So you're not going to get out of that if your policy is mandatory. If it's voluntary, you don't have to pay employees. Uh, the other point of this slide is I wanted you to remember that maybe you pay employees only minimum wage to go get vaccinated rather than their, their rate of pay. Just keep in mind, you're going to have to calculate overtime properly. We'll talk Kevin, about, go ahead. Kevin, I got a question related to that. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if a company uh, offers a cash incentive to employees who are or become vaccinated, obviously those who are vaccinated would receive the cash incentive, and those who do not, um, who do not, will not receive the cash incentive. However, what if any obligation is uh, is there to provide cash incentives to an employee who raises a religious or medical reason for not getting vaccinated? Okay, that's a great question, and I'm going to fold it into this next slide. Um, so let me finish the wage and hour piece, and let's talk about the discrimination. So let's say our policy isn't mandatory, but we want to encourage people. If we're going to give everybody like 500 bucks to go get vaccinated, we need to include that in their pay for the week when we figure out the overtime rate. So it's going to bump up people's base rate of pay or average rate of pay for the week. And you might end up actually having to pay extra overtime. 
The next, and then there's other things that you can do. Like I have uh, clients do a day or two of PTO for everybody. I think that's fine. Um, there are p- points where an incentive gets to be too big of an amount and it actually can affect the EEOC's wellness rule about people with disabilities. That's kind of hinting at what that question was that you just asked me. So, you know, what's too high? Well, I don't know, something that starts to seem like a lot of money, I guess, and maybe check, check with your counsel because um, that's going to mess up some, some tax issues. So the question was, well, what if I do uh, this, this either really, frankly, mandatory or voluntary policy? So if the policy is mandatory and the employee says, well, I can't go get vaccinated because of legitimate disability, legitimate religious reason, we don't have to pay them for their time to go get vaccinated. So you're off the hook because they're actually not performing that work and you don't need to compensate them. I think the the second question, though, was what the the person asked, which is, well, what if we're providing an incentive and the employee isn't eligible for the incentive because of a disability or a religious reason? So here's what I've been counseling clients there. Like one of my clients, they were doing a prize drawing for something really cool. I said, we still need to let the disabled person put their name into the hat to get the prize. I think you do risk there being an issue with discrimination. Um, And so, you know, you might really think about that when you're thinking about what kind of bonus you're going to offer. I had a client that I talked through with this and they realized that they might be in a position where they felt they needed to pay people cash because they had disabilities or a religious reason, but yet they couldn't get vaccinated and they kind of didn't like where that sat. I think you probably have a good idea of your workforce and how many of those legitimate exemptions you're going to get and you're going to need to weigh it. But there is a risk that if somehow your policy rewards people who aren't disabled and doesn't reward people who are, you could certainly get a claim in this great state of Washington because we're so pro-employee here. My argument in defending you would be that, no, it was actually compensation for somebody getting vaccinated and it was voluntary in the first place. Um, that probably is going to get set you up for a strong defense, but it's not something I can give a black and white answer to, unfortunately. Sorry, Lex, you knew I was going to get to that. It depends in the end. Thank you. Okay. Um, and whoever asked that, let us know if I didn't get, get all the answers. All right. So I've had this question a couple of times. Well, what if I decide that, again, I don't want to require this. I want to go the voluntary route because it's sure sounding like there's a lot of traps uh, for mandatory vaccine policies. And there are. Um, I think folks have forgotten about workers' compensation uh, as it relates to COVID. So remember, our workers' compensation statutes are there to protect employers from getting sued for personal injuries. That's why you pay that insurance. I know we have experience ratings and we have a great retro program and all of that, but really the program is a form of insurance, but also has the weight of law that says an employee can't sue you for personal injury. Now, there's an exception haven't seen anybody use it yet in the COVID world. And the exception is when the employee ends up getting injured because the employer deliberately intended to produce injury. Hmm, Deliberate intention is a pretty high standard. It's hard to beat. 
it's more than even negligence. It's more than even gross negligence. I know that means something more to a lawyer, but I think everybody has the idea of negligence. It also means that the employer had to know that what they were doing or not doing was going to injure people. So you could take it to an example. During the height of the pandemic, if I tested nobody's temperature, I made no one wear masks, and I didn't care if employees were sick, and I made them stand in a room together holding hands and breathing on each other, you probably were going to lose your workers' compensation coverage. And then employees who could get sick could sue you, provided they could prove they got it at work. But in that situation, I'm thinking causation is looking pretty good. So the one thing that we just caution here is this is why you follow CDC guidance, labor and industry rules, what the governor recommends, because we don't want an employee to say, the reason I got sick is because you didn't follow safety protocols, and therefore, I'm going to sue you, and it's going to be more than what workers' compensation would recover. Would cover, excuse me. I've given a note here at the bottom of the screen, because it's really interesting when you read labor and industries Q&A on this, and you sure don't need to go read it, but if somebody wants to know about workers' compensation, here's the link, is employees may have a proof problem. Keep in mind, especially at the height of the pandemic, we didn't know people were getting it at work or because they went to the grocery store or they went and picked up their kid from school. So proving that the exposure happened at work is probably pretty tough. So this, ar this article talks about when it wouldn't be enough, when it might be enough, but really that's for the employee to worry about, not the employer. As long as you followed safety rules, you're going to be protected here under the workers' compensation scheme. It's so exciting. I needed my Starbucks. Do we have a question, Lex? Yeah, actually, I have three questions uh, of the same thing, basically. Um, when recruiting, interviewing, uh, can you ask applicants about their vaccine status? Uh, how would that question differ uh, if you have a voluntary versus mandatory vaccine policy? Yeah. So be, if you make the, so the first question is going to be a bunch of ifs, right? So I'm going to want to know a couple things. Are you, have you made the decision that employees don't need to work if they have that, uh, sorry, don't need to wear a mask. They don't, employees don't need to work. Empl employees um, aren't going to wear a mask if they've been vaccinated. Then you have a really great reason, right? Because you're doing the vaccine check as part of the maxing. Um, masking. If you have a mandatory policy, then I think you're much better off asking that question in an interview because you've already made the decision that it's consistent with business necessity, it's job related, and it's a requirement for the position. Ha Number three, though, is if it's a voluntary policy, I think you cannot ask in the interview process, or maybe I should say should not ask because of this. If I ask you, Lex, hey, have you been vaccinated? Just curious. We might be letting people wear masks. We might let people take them off. We're not really sure yet. And you say, no, I haven't because I suffer from some gross autoimmune disease, you know, and I have these five health reasons that I can't get vaccinated. And then, Lex, I don't hire you. You're going to say the reason I didn't hire you is because your health condition. So it's very hard, it's very easy to defend a failure to hire a case when the hiring person has no clue about anybody's health status. Um, it's hard to defend that case when the hiring manager does. Now, you, you know, can let the employee know or the prospective employee know what your masking policy is and ask them if they're going to need any accommodations. But I really would push that question until after you've made a determination about whether they're qualified. So this is one of those times in life 
where a qualified or conditional job offer might make sense. Right. We'd like to offer you the position. We don't we let people, um, you know, we do require everybody to be vaccinated. Let us know if you need any accommodations and then you're going to have to have the dialogue at that point. Because if you hired somebody solely because they didn't they had a medical condition that prevented them from getting vaccinated, you're going to get sued for disability discrimination. Thank you. I do have one more employee related question. Great. Um, uh, uh, Are you saying we have to check their vaccination status each time they come to work? Does this include owners that are exempt from L&I? So, yes, it includes owners if they're working in the facility. There's no owner exemption from L&I. That's different. That's a workers' compensation issue. Um, So that one's easy. The first part is, no, you don't have to check everybody every day. It's an option if you wanted to do that. I think the reason that really it was an option was, let's say I have a huge factory and I have multiple shifts. It's probably easier to check people off as they come in rather than have everybody sign it. It was an option that you could do. I think it was the idea that maybe you can't catch everybody every day or you have folks getting vaccinated in waves. Um, but as long as you have an attestation or some sort of record on file that the employees vaccinated, I mean, they're not going to get unvaccinated, right, Lex? So um, we just need to do that. We have to check everybody every day. Okay. But if an owner if an owner's in the workplace and doesn't want to wear a mask, the owner sh- needs to be vaccinated or have a religious exemption or a disability exemption. And an owner there would need to have a record of it. I, I would not want the Department of Health because, you know, they'll come in and they'll be like, oh, everybody seemed great except for the owner who was there on site, you know, and hadn't been vaccinated. We don't want you to be that test case. Okay. I think that would, you know, sometimes it's the practical answer, right, Lex? Yeah. Let's just not make the agency mad. Sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. I, Lex is so good at just saying yes to everything I say. All right. So here we are. I've combined masks and vaccines for guests because they kind of all go together. Um, I was trying to like find a picture of a guest getting vaccinated and I just chose Dolly Parton because I just think she's great. So that's Dolly Parton. I don't know if anybody watched her video when she sang, uh, she sang uh, vaccine, vaccine, like Jolene, the song. Um, I thought it was great. So Dolly is our hypothetical guest. Um, and we'll talk here about Dolly in a second. So once again, you all have choices, although the state has at least given us some ideas of what we can do depending on the choices, what we make. I like actually having some rules. They're helpful. So you can do a couple different things. You can decide that all guests are wearing masks, period. can still do it. You can decide that all employees are wearing masks. There is no right to go without a mask because you've been vaccinated in a private you know, restaurant, in a hotel, in the workplace. So there's that extreme. You can go the other end, which is if a guest or customer walks in and they're not wearing a mask, you can just choose to accept that they are representing that they've been vaccinated And you can leave it at that. The state says that's fine. You don't need to ask any more questions. And then there's one in the middle. Maybe you want to ask the guests who isn't wearing a mask if they've been vaccinated. I think the example that the state gets, you can have a dialogue with them, you know, hey, sir, hey, ma'am, hey, hey, person, I want to let you know that masks are still required indoors unless you've been vaccinated. Have you been vaccinated? You can ask that. You can have that discussion. Um, 
can't really, though, start asking them for their vaccine card and starting to check it. I mean, you could if you want, I guess I should say, but that's going to lead you down perhaps a slippery slope of guest relations more more in a second slide. But you do have the right to ask folks for their card if you want to do. Um, and you also um, have the right to kick folks out. So this slide kind of says the same thing that that last one just said which is, you know, choice one is we're going to require masks for everybody. I mean, the the advantage there, I don't know, I have a, have a, a bar down the street from my house and they actually put up a sign. They said, we are choosing to not police anybody about whether they've been vaccinated or their reasons for it or not. Just please everybody wear a mask when they come in. That's what that business decided to do. Um, of course, you know, you might get guests who think that they have a right to go without a mask and you're going to have to push back and just be ready with your managers for how you're going to address that situation. Okay, option two was the honor system. We talked about that. I don't think there is more to it than that. And then again, we have the business can ask the customer if they're vaccinated and aware of the order. And this new guidance tells us exactly what to do. So if the customer says, oh, yeah, thanks for asking. I have been vaccinated. Then all is good. They come into the hotel or the restaurant. If the guest says no and they're like, I have a medical exemption and I can't get vaccinated, then guess what? You can go ahead and let them enter. L&I or the state is going to say it's okay as long as you ask that question. The third point, though, is what if you ask a guest that question and they're like, I'm not going to tell you anything. This is America um, and I'm not going to wear a mask. In that case, you're supposed to deny entry. So the way that I was thinking about it, because it seemed a little bit mm, unfair to make all of you police your guests. Um, but if you if you look at this last one, I mean, this is really the customer or guest who is refusing to engage with you at all about a safety issue. And so to me, that's pretty much the extreme person, right? I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to tell you if I'm vaccinated. I'm going to whatever. Then you have to deny entry. So Let's back up a little bit. Looking at this, do you see what the easiest one probably is? It's just to assume that folks who aren't wearing masks are vaccinated. And I mean easiest in terms of guest relations. It may not be easiest in terms of what your employees want, but you can see that you're going to avoid having to have ask any medical information, get into a disability accommodation situation, or actually risk irritating a guest. But again, that's your choice. Often the question I get at this point, or as I have throughout the pandemic, is I thought I had to give accommodations to folks with disabilities. And that's right, you do. So if you're going to re require that guests be vaccinated to come into your business, which by the way, guess what? You could, you could do that if you wanted to, that's lawful is you have to be ready with an alternative. So think about during the pandemic, we went through this before. What if a guest shows up at your restaurant and they say, no, I'm not going to wear a mask because I have a health condition and I can't wear a mask. The answer was, okay, well, I'm afraid we won't be able to sit you in the dining room today, but we have curbside service or takeout. What would you like to do? That's offering the guest the enjoyment and use of your facility 
So that's an accommodation and that's sufficient to meet the requirement of the law. Looks like we might've had a couple of questions, Lex. Is there anything I should stop and take? Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, go through a few of them. Uh, what about July 1st and, there's, and there are no restrictions? Can we still require masks for untasked, untaxed staff? So, yeah, we actually don't know if all if these mask restrictions are going to be changed as of June 29th. So June 29th, we're in stage four. But I think that the you have to remember workplace laws kind of always do their own thing. So I, I would say, first off, I don't know if that's going to be the correct premise. But the second piece is if you want to still have people wear masks, yes, you can still have people wear masks. There is no right to, to work without a mask. There is no right to go to a grocery store without a mask. Even outside the pandemic, if I decided I wanted everybody who came to my grocery store during flu season to wear masks, I could do that as a business owner. Great. Hope that answered the question. Yep. Got another question here. Uh, can employers continue a mask policy for non-vaccinated employees long-term? Can employers have different COVID testing policies for vaccinated versus non-vaccinated employees? Okay, that sounds like two questions. Help me out. So the first one is, it could. so I think you're saying if I have a policy that um, it's part of that, we're going to let people without uh, who've been vaccinated not wear masks. Well, the answer is, is the people who haven't been vaccinated still have to wear a mask. That's what the law says you have to do right now. So if I tell you, Lex, yeah, I haven't been able to get in yet to my appointment, you'd be like, great, hang in there, we wear a mask. You have to, you actually have to do that right now. Okay. Um, do you have the choice to continue that policy in the future? Probably. Again, I'm going to have to see, you know, remember my very first slide about things are subject to change. But right now, only employees, forget guests, back to employees. Remember, my very first slide was the rule is still you have to wear masks at work. So unless there's an exception, and the exception is I employer can prove that that employee's been vaccinated, you got to be wearing a mask. Okay. And then the second one is, can employers have different COVID testing policies for vaccinated versus non-vaccinated employees? So I think, um, I'm not sure what the testing policy is there. So I'm just kind of going to guess at some information, but feel free to, to chat and let us know. Um, the CDC basically says that we still should test like we should for um, anybody. Um, maybe you've got a requirement that you're having all your workers tested, I don't know, uh, every three weeks or such. And so you want to go ahead and say, if you've been vaccinated, we're not going to test as often. That would be fine because uh, it's not based on a discriminatory reason. Uh, but to really fully answer your question, I'd want to pull up the CDC guideline and make sure there wasn't something I'd missed about you should still just test everybody like you should and not assume um, because they've been vaccinated, you don't need a test. Okay. okay, that's it for now. And I'm happy to send that link um, when we send the slides around, Lex, see if I can find the answer to that question. So whoever asked it can go ahead and maybe look it up. Great. Um, I'll see. I'll see if I can find it. So far, everybody's been pretty helpful online when there's a lot of material. So I'm happy to take questions. I also started a couple of questions of my own. So I'm just going to go ahead and start and then we can dive in. So what do you do if a guest says they only want to be served by vaccinated workers or they only want to check in at the front desk if the worker's been vaccinated? 
Wow. Okay. So here's, I'll give you the legal piece we need to worry about. And then maybe let's talk about the practical. I'm happy for anybody to share their ideas in the chat too. So we should not go around hmm, telling our guests who has and hasn't been vaccinated. It's starting to get a slippery slope about medical information, but you could say we follow Washington state's rules and guidelines, which is that anybody who is not wearing a mask has been vaccinated, period. And then here's Catherine. She's lovely. She'd like to check you in today. I think you could say something like that. Um, The other way is maybe sometimes we just have to deal with it practically, Lex. Maybe we can move somebody to another section of the restaurant and that's somebody who's not wearing a mask and they'll be, you know, aware of that. I think this is the time to not have a guest confrontation and to figure out what we can do to provide service that keeps everybody happy and not escalate the situation. These are really head scratchers. Um, you know, look, if, a, if, a, and by the way, it would be okay for the guest to request this. It's not okay for a guest to say, I only want to have a male server serving me, but it's okay for a guest to bring up this question because the, the first one would be discriminatory. I think if somebody asks when they make a reservation, you know, hopefully you can just address it in the moment. I would still prompt even your reservation agent to say like, oh, okay, you know, thanks for letting us know. We just want to assure you we have in place, you know, COVID protocols and safety guidelines. We also check the vaccination status of all of our employees. You could share at that point. We require all of our employees to be vaccinated. That's fine. We're talking about everybody as a group. The next question I asked is, what do you do if workers demand that you check guests? I don't know if anybody's had their employees ask this yet, but I've had clients call me because they're having this problem. So now we're on the flip side of everything that I just said, which is you need to let your employees know that we have no legal requirement to mandate that guests get vaccinated. And if you feel you want to explain that's not your policy, you can Maybe you want to just stop with the legal rule. And then I think I would quickly turn it back around and hopefully you've got this in writing as to what your policy is. You should tell the worker that even if they've been vaccinated, they can continue to wear a mask. You should let the worker, give the worker a link to one of the CDC or the Department of Health guidelines about what vaccinations do and how they protect you. I think folks are asking this more as they're a little bit afraid um, of those COVID variants. Um, But this is where I think being upfront and being proactive with your workers about what you're doing for their health and safety and how it's paramount to you and also balancing that against your commitment to guest service. I hope here that there can be a positive dialogue and that this can be worked out. I think the question would be a little bit different if the worker says, I can't get a vaccine. I can't wait on anybody who doesn't have a vaccine. I mean, wow, that one's starting to touch on a bunch of ADA issues. And probably you should call your your employment lawyer, um, if that's not me, to get some help on that one. I got another question. Uh, Can we stop doing temperature checks if employees are vaccinated? Uh, That's a great question. You know, I haven't gone back and looked. It is not in the masking guidelines and it is not in this vaccination guidelines. 
Um, it might be in the phase three guidelines. And if it's in the phase three industry guideline, and I will check Lex and we will answer that question for you. Um, you still have to do everything else in phase three until the end of June, unless that date gets changed. So like none of what we've talked about today changes the amount of space between tables, changes occupancy limits. None of what we talked about changed any of that. So I'd have to go back and pull that. That's a great question. So I'm happy to um, look it up, Lex, and we'll we'll send the answer when we send the slide. So there's two things I'm going to do. I'm going to see if I can find um, that testing for folks who have been vaccinated, and I'm going to see if I can confirm that the uh, temperature check is still required. Okay. I've got another question. If uh, when the state gives the all clear sign with no restrictions, can employers still mandate staff to wear masks? Yeah, sure. Because look, you could actually have staff wear masks uh, in April 2019, <laughs> right? Always, always your choice for how you want to run your workforce. I mean, and I guess the exception to that is I can't wear a mask because of a disability, right? We always have to be ready for for accommodations in any in anything we do at work. Um, the, the last thing here is I hinted at the beginning that we had a good Fisher Phillips um, uh, website. This really isn't a sales pitch. This is me showing you that we have a lot of stuff for free. Uh, Lex is laughing. He's like, okay, Catherine, sure, it's a sales pitch. No, but in, in honesty, there, remember I said there were things available for free. There are. So here's an example of the resources. We have a vaccine policy, mandatory or voluntary. We've got an accommodation procedure policy. I've got those request forms for people asking for accommodations. If you want to know what other states' requirements are about vaccines and stuff, we've got a chart. Um, there's more FAQs than you could possibly ever probably read through. But a lot of questions I get often, I'm like, hey, I think that's one of our FAQs. And I just refer somebody to that. So there are so many great resources out there. And the Hospitality Association is sure one of them. Um, but I know that folks will ask me for forms. And I just wanted to let you know that we had had some. So I've got, how do I do, Lex? I've got like nine more minutes, eight more oh, minutes. You did great. I've got I, a couple Great. I don't. I don't know if we can or can't. I don't know if we can answer these, but okay. Uh, any real life experience of or examples of restaurants requiring vaccination, vac vaccinations, and their staff reactions? Has there been a lot of pushback from staff? So, so far, the client. You know, and again, I don't. I don't work with every restaurant in the state. I wish I did. That'd be fun. Maybe not. Maybe not good for the industry. We want other perspectives, but. My clients who have decided to go the mandatory route, they've had really good success with their team. I think that the clients who I've seen where that's worked well is they've been transparent up front about all of the safety concerns from the beginning. So look, I happen to believe, and I will argue this until I'm blue in the face, that hospitality workers, whether it be restaurants or somebody in a hotel, heck, I was a hotel concierge before I went to law school. We understand guest service, and that means both guests, but each other. And so I think that, look, regardless of political or religious beliefs, and that's tough too, people do have varying views. But so far, I've been really um, happy to see that even if employees have differing views about vaccines, um, that there's been a way to work it out. I do think that um, anecdotally, I would say, Lex, the, the way to really answer that question is, you know, your workforce, you know, your workforce, you know, far better than I do. And so you already know when you call and ask me if you're going to have two people who are going to have an issue with the mandatory vaccine pro 
you know, policy or if you're going to have 25 people. And so I think you should weigh that um, when making the, making the decision. Um, you know, the few folks, the, you know, I always get the calls, right, where it's possibly going to turn into a lawsuit. So one of the things I say is, is I deal with the 1% of your workforce that are kind of the bad actors. So sometimes I get a little bit of a jaded view. I forget that there's the 99 other people who are just fabulous. So where I've seen my clients struggle is really employees who probably weren't good workers to begin with and they don't really want to come back to work. I've had a couple of those, like the employees have been out for whatever. And now, you know, they were saying they're a high risk worker. Well, guess what? We can make you give us a note now to confirm that's the case. And suddenly they have no doctor's note to confirm that they're high risk. And suddenly they're saying they can't get vaccinated, but they have no doctor's note to prove that. That's kind of probably more what, what I'm seeing. Um, and look, not every client I have has gone mandatory. A lot of folks have gone voluntary. Um, I've actually been really inspired by the creativity I'm seeing in my clients to incentivize people to get vaccinated. Um, I've actually been inspired by folks who decided to not enter into the vaccine dialogue at all um, and just focus on some other safety issues and treat, you know, decide that the restaurant's about service and about serving good food and, and not enter into that discussion. So I think there's room for all differing views in, in this um, dialogue. Great. And I think that was our last question. Uh, we've got, um, I created a landing page uh, for uh, downloading the presentation that Catherine has today, and it is at uh, wha.fyi slash policies. And that's uh, M as in Mary, V as in Victor policies. So WHA.FYI slash MV policies. And so we'll put this uh, replay of this uh, webinar up there as well as the uh, link to the slides as well. Looks like we got another question in. Great. Um, oh, I'll, I'll put the, uh, the URL there too. So um, any final thoughts, Catherine? Um, oh, no more questions. You can ask no me questions. something else. Even doesn't have to be about <laughs> COVID. Um, yeah, I think, look, the, the important thing really is to rely on actual information, not rumor. I think that it's great to check with your colleagues to find out how they're practically addressing things. But the screw-ups that I've seen in the last year have been, where, well, I heard that so-and-so said that so-and-so said this is what we can do now. And that's where I've seen employers get um, really tangled up. Look, I get it. There's almost too much information to digest, right, Lex? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, remember, like, it's not just what the governor says. You need to see, you know, workplace rules are different than what may happen. You know, me going to the Safeway is different than me in my law office with what I'm going to do for my workers there. So just remember that. Um, and I... I guess the last thing I want to say, I was trying to end these things on something positive. I have been so excited to see um, some businesses flourishing and see folks outside. I'm excited to see people smile again. Um, it felt like it was never going to happen. Um, and so I think, I think if we just stick with it, um, we're, we're going to get through this. And I think that, you know, we're on the upswing now. Uh, they've got kind of a last minute question here. Was there, um, are you aware of any unbiased studies and information on safety of vaccines? Oh, yeah. You know, there were, I've seen, um, you know, I guess, I don't know if you consider the CDC biased or not. They've got some links. I think the Department of Health had some good information. I looked at the CDC today and there were like links taking you to non-CDC studies. Um, I also have suggested that, 
um, folks go to one of the universities, the University of Washington has some good materials too that you can look at. You can certainly pick a university, reputable universities in different parts of the country. Um, I think that's good too. You know, one of the things to point out is what I've been talking today about what is the case in Washington. Um, you know, Florida says you can't make people wear masks who guests who come into your business. Washington doesn't have that law, you know, so you might, you might look there to see if there's some other things, but that's one of those things where I would, I would encourage you to look at the, at the other studies, but I'd start with the university of Washington and the CDC. Great. Okay. I think uh, that gets us uh... One minute before an hour, so we're perfect. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for your time and information. And again, we are going to make this uh, PowerPoint available as a PDF on the site. And Catherine will get that to me afterwards and uh, we'll post it up there. And uh, again, if you have any questions uh, for Catherine, her information is up on the screen here. Just give her a call with Fisher Phillips. And again, thank you so much, Catherine, for your time on this. Well, Have good luck, everybody. Have a busy holiday weekend. Thank you. Stay safe and healthy. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, wahospitality.org, where you can learn more about the restaurant and lodging industries and the Washington Hospitality Association. Be sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google, Spotify, or iHeartRadio so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Thank you so much for that effort. Until next time.